and happy Sabbath. Before I sing, I just want to say, you know, when you strive in your life to really serve the Lord, and sometimes you aren't doing quite as much as you could, and then you renew your vow to the Lord and you're trying again, the devil always try to knock you down. And this morning, I tell you, I just felt so frustrated, but when I stand up here to sing, I don't sing because I think I can sing. But I sing because I love the Lord and I want to be a blessing. So as I sing today, I ask that you will pray for me, the Lord to give me strength for this songs. Every day they pass me by I can see it in their eyes Empty people filled with pain Headed who knows where On they go private pain living fear to fear laughter hides their silent cries only Jesus hears people need the
the Lord. Pledge to welcome those of you that are joining us today by radio. Those of you who are joining us by television or by the internet to a service that's already in progress. We pray that you have been having a blessed holiday season. And we're so glad that in this last day of the year that you have chosen to join and to worship with us today. Our message today will be brought to us by our associate pastor, Pastor Johnny Holiday. And so after our next special music selection, which will be brought to us by Sister Janice Stevenson, the next voice that you will hear is that of Pastor Johnny Holliday. Please pray, and as we worship together today, that God will speak directly to your heart and directly to your specific need. Amen. Go, 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 go ye therefore and teach all nations, go, 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 baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Ghost. Position is to still go out and teach. Teach of his saving grace. Amen. Amen. That'll never change. That's the mission of the church. 
Last Sabbath in the year. Have mercy. What a place to be found in God's house. Yes, indeed. I want to I want to hear just a just a little of that uh, like to do in the morning. Gently rest upon my heart. I hope somebody know what I'm talking about this morning. Like the dew in the morning. Come on, church. Come on, church. One more time, like the dew in the morning, like the dew in the morning, gently rest upon my heart, oh, like the dew in the morning, gently rest upon my heart. Jesus, rest Jesus, rest Jesus, rest Jesus, rest like the dew in the morning, gently rest upon my heart. Want the Holy Spirit to fill the place this morning. That's all, people. Like the dew in the morning, gently rest upon my heart. Amen. 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 Oh, what an awesome God we serve. This morning, church family, I want you to pray with me that the Holy Ghost will intervene. Uh, for if the Holy Ghost takes over, oh, what an awesome time we will have in God's house. A time that we hope would bring someone to Jesus Christ. A time that we pray someone will leave here not the way they came. I want you to take a moment and bow your heads with me. Let's petition the Holy Ghost. Well, Father in heaven, I come standing in the throne. Well, Father, I'm just a sinner. Uh, but with you, all things are possible. Now, God, I pray that you would use a sinner like me to deliver your word. Dear God, I ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Everything that comes from my mouth will be granted by you. Now, God, I ask a special blessing upon the hearers. Open their minds and hearts that they will receive the word of God and anything that is blocking a blessing, please have it removed at this moment. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my God, my Redeemer. Let everyone say amen. This morning I would like for you to turn with me again to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. And chapter 2 in the book of Acts. The book of Acts in chapter 2. 
When you have it, say amen. amen. When you have it, say amen again. Amen. I'm going to read in your hearing. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. And those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000, how many people? About 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Amen? So continuing daily with one accord, in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. Is it not good to have favor with all the people? In having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church yearly. Monthly, weekly, the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. This morning, I want to speak to you on a topic entitled Lessons from the Early Church. Lessons from the Early Church. And our focal point will be that of Acts chapter 2 and verses 42. They contain steadfastly in the apostles, doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. This morning, church, as we go into a new year, it is fitting to bring to your attention, and likewise mine also, what is the purpose of the church? Y'all look beautiful out there. See you every Sabbath. But why do you continue to come here? Is it just something to do? Is it that your mother, your father said, get up, young people, we're going to church Sabbath? Why is it that we continue to come to church? Besides responding personally to salvation that Christ makes available, Becoming a Christian involves becoming a part of the community that Christ established. Ephesians 3.10 admonishes to us that the church is the repository of the riches of grace of Christ and through the church will eventually be manifest. In other words, the manifold wisdom of God right might be known by the church. The manifold wisdom of God might be known by the church. The church is very important, people. You know, you hear some people say, well, I got religion, and I got God, but I don't have to go to church. Technology has even affected coming to church. Because we have technology, we can stay at home and see the church. Because of technology, we feel like we don't need to set foot in God's church. But the word to God I serve that says, forsake not the gathering of my people. I remember when I was a young lad, I used to stay at home, and I had all that in my head about why I didn't need to come to the church. But the word of God said, forsake not the gathering of my people. Isaiah 56, 57 says, mine house shall be called a house of prayer. For who? For who? For who, people? For all people, mine house shall be called a house of prayer. This building, this substantive place of worship shall be a house of prayer for all people. Let us be reminded of what we are really here to do. It reminds me of a matter that took place about a month or two ago. A young man came to the church. And Sister Bray came to me and said, this young man 
is here and he wants to pray. I say, what's the matter? I don't know. He just wants to pray. Bring him in. We came into the sanctuary. Help me, Holy Ghost. We kneeled down and we prayed. He began to weep. And he cried and tears flowed down his eyes. And I don't know what was going on. All I know that in this house, he wanted to come in and pray. We prayed without ceasing. And we cried together. And that young man got up and he walked out of that door never for me to see him again. I don't know what was going on. All I know that this house is a house of prayer for all mankind. And he came in to pray. The church is God's fortress, his city of refuge, which he holds a revolted world. Ellen White tells us that any betrayal of the church is treachery. It's treachery to him who has bought mankind with the blood of his only begotten son. From the beginning, faithful souls have constituted the church on earth in every age. The Lord has had watchmen who have borne a faithful testimony in the generation in which they live. These senators give the message of warning and when they were called to lay off, not lay down, but lay off their armor, others took up the work. Did you hear what I said? That's why when you see some of these little old, what you might call old people, what might seem to be tired, you see them sitting down. You think that that's all they've done is sit down. But I submit you do. That's why some of our elderly are sitting because they've been working for so long. They're not just sitting, they have served and they are serving in a different capacity. There are some people who are here who were AY leaders in 1960, 1970, 1980. Somebody help me church this morning. There are some who were Sabbath school teachers in 1960, in 1970, in 1980, in 1990. There are some elders who were doing their eldership in 1950, in 1960, in 1970, in 1980, in 1990. There are some saints at Abundant Life who worship in Highland Square at 1960, in 1970, in 1980, in 1990. There are some saints in Abundant Life who were not concerned about whether the water was warm in the baptismal pool. There are some saints who were more concerned about the sanctified dip in any form of water and found themselves immersed in a swimming pool. Yes, there are some saints who transcended that swimming pool into an oasis and felt like the river of Jordan. I'm talking about some saints right here, right now. Those saints who went down in the swimming pool, not in the warm water baptismal pool to my left. They just wanted to be like the river Jordan. The word of God said, Drew Charles truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. That's why God will continue to bring these witnesses into covenant relations with him, uniting the church on earth with the church in heaven. He has sent forth his angels to minister, minister to his church. And the gates of hell have not, have not and will not prevail against God's people. God's church is still here. Through conflict, God's church is still here. Through opposition, God's church is still here. Through false propaganda, God's church is still here. Through those who have backslid, God's church is still here. Through the persecution of the workers, God's church is still here. Through the persecution of God's messenger, Ellen White, God's church is still here. Through the false doctrine that's being permeated throughout the world, God's church is still here. Yes, this church has prevailed. God has not left his church nor forsaken it, but he has traced in prophetic declarations what would occur and that which his spirit inspires the prophets to foretell has been brought Fourth, God's law is linked with his throne and no power or evil can destroy it. Yes, this church where members find their happiness in the happiness of whom, those whom they help, 
this church. Some of us just get happy because we've helped somebody. Not being egotistical or braggadocious, but because we've helped somebody. God's church is purposed to accomplish his work. God's church is purposed to accomplish his mission. God's church is a, a purpose to glorify his name. God's church is purpose to show faith forth the saving power of God's love in saving lives. God's church is purpose to communicate that love. God's church is purpose to proclaim and demonstrate who God is, what God is, and what God has done for us. Now, church family, I ask you, what has he done for us? What has God done for us? God acted in Jesus Christ for the salvation of every man, woman, and child on the face of this earth. I want you to internalize this now. We, we're dealing with the word of God this morning. Just, just, just listen to the words. And no one comes through the Father except through him. That's why we preach God's word. Paul says, it is the preaching of Christ that generates faith. It is the preaching of Christ that generates faith. And now that we know and believe God's purpose for his church, we must seek to have the Holy Spirit. We know the purpose, but we must seek to have the Holy Spirit fall afresh upon us. It is necessary. Lord, breathe the Holy Spirit on us like you did the disciples the night of your resurrection. Ellen White says that when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you will understand more of the joy of salvation than you have known all your life. Luke 24 and 25 tells us that God will open your mind to understand Scripture. That's why I always say to you, when you see those who we call uneducated, and yet they can articulate the Bible better than any scholar in any Ivy League school has ever thought of, you know that God has breathed the Holy Spirit upon that person. For Jesus told the disciples during the Great Commission to proclaim forgiveness of sin, to preach the gospel, to make disciples to witness. But in order for this to be most effective, we must be reminded of what John the Baptist said in Matthew 3.11. As for me, I baptize you with lukewarm water. With what? With water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. As we seek the anointing of the Holy Spirit, let us examine how the early church manifested its desires to grow spiritually. How can we begin the year 2012 in a manner that we keep our eyes on the prize? According to the word of God, the early church in the book of Acts 2 and 42 instructs in this manner. Luke is speaking, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' Doctrine, fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. I want you to get it. It's four of them. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Steadfastly in fellowship. Steadfastly in breaking of bread. Steadfastly in prayers. There is an emphasis placed on steadfastly. Steadfastly to be determined to make oneself alert. Like some of y'all need to be at this time. Wake up. Let's be, let's be alert. The message is good. The message is necessary. I need you to hear. I can come up here with my charisma all I want to, but if salvation is not being preached, it don't mean nothing. We got to give you some salvation. Wake up and feel the salvation to be determined to make oneself alert, to strengthen oneself, to confirm oneself, to be persistent, to prove superior, to be stable, to place firmly, to set fast, to render constant, to be steadfastly is to be attentive to. This word steadfastly means that there is something that we got to do and we got to do it right away. 
There's something that we got to do. We got to do it right away, and we got to be focused on what we're doing, and that has to do with our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. And why we are steadfast? Because the Word of God says in Acts 7 and 49, Heaven is my throne, and earth, earth is my what? My footstool. Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. And what house, I said, what house, what house will you build for me? And what house are you building? Said the Lord, on what is the place you rest? Where's going to be your final resting place? What's going to be your final resting place? Do you want to get, make sure that you have your 500,000 square feet home built so immaculate, waiting right here, looking beautiful? When everybody comes, make sure you take off your shoes. Self, 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 self. Take off your shoes. We got some socks right here for you. Make sure when you come in that you don't dirty up the carpet because we want the mansion looking good. But I submit to you, what mansion are you preparing for? I know a mansion that ain't got nothing like what I saw or what I bring to you or what anybody bring to you. There's a mansion that has streets like gold. There's a mansion that you can't even look at well. Your eyes begin to bleach and you say it's all that gold. There's a mountain where it shines so much that you think you're stepping into water, but you're stepping on some type of wax that they put on the floor there. I think it's called that kind of angel wax up there in heaven. Must we have something like that? But that's the type of mansion I want to go to. And I say, what house I said are you preparing for? What and where is your final resting place? What makes you weak? What's your Achilles heel? And what makes you strong? And what gives you the strength that makes you persevere to give constant attention to? What's your Achilles heel? Is the devil your Achilles heel? I say today, stomp the devil out. I say today, let's stomp the devil out in 2012. Let's make sure that he has no power over us. If the devil is your Achilles heel, today when you walk out, say, get thee behind me, Satan, no more. No more. Get thee behind me, Satan, no more. Luke 951 says, Jesus steadfastly set his face to Jerusalem. Acts 1 and 10 says, they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up. Acts 6 and 15 says, looking steadfastly at him, they saw his face as the face of an angel. Four points, and I'm going to sit down. In the year of 2012, let us be steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. Here, when we say doctrine, we are referring to teaching. Teaching. What are we teaching? What are we preaching? In chapter 2 in the book of Acts, the response to Peter's sermon was tremendous. On that day, over 3,000 souls were saved. But this brought about additional duties and responsibility that required training of these newly converted souls. That's why it's so important when someone is baptized in this church that we don't stand up here and read them some rites and say that, and, and now we have met the affirmative, and he is now or she is accepted of the house in this house, Abundant Life SDA, and then we smile and hug them, and they walk out that door, and Satan is waiting on them, and we don't say or do nothing else after that day. We're going to lose a soul every time. As quick as you found them, you can lose them. You cannot allow them to just leave here. The Word of God says, teaching. Teaching, Ellen White asserts that for three years and a half, the disciples were under the instruction of the greatest teacher in the world by personal contact and association. That means it has nothing to do with the socioeconomic status of those who were baptized. Have mercy, I'm going to step on some toes today has nothing to do with the socioeconomic status of those who were baptized. If you invite me in your home and the word of God says break bread, then it does not mean that because this person's salary is 18000 10000 8000 and your th salary is 100000 that you have decided that this person don't go in my home because he or she doesn't meet the requirements for sitting and breaking bread in my home. God said when you come in this place, we are on the same level. We're on the same level. 
None of you are better than me. I'm not better than you. That's the God I serve. He said, break bread. He didn't say who with. God said, we break bread. Oh, Lord, help me, Holy Spirit. You reckon they're going to let me back up in here? I don't know if you're going to let me back up in here. But we got to say what the Lord has given us to say. Ellen White asserts that the disciples were with the greatest teacher. Day by day, they walked and talked with him. Day by day, they heard his words of cheer to the weary. They heard his words of cheer to the weary, not to those that were specifically pointed out. The weary could be any of us. Doesn't matter what you have. The weary. Day by day, they saw the manifestation of his power on behalf of the sick and afflicted. Keep living, you're going to get sick. You can walk around holier than thou if you want to. You can thank you all of that, but you keep living because if they got McDonald's and Burger King, you're going to get sick. Because like you, we eat it. So I guarantee you, before long, I don't care who you are, you will cry out, Father, Father, have mercy on me. Doesn't matter if you're a millionaire, billionaire, doesn't matter who you are, Bill Gates, it doesn't matter who you are. Money didn't save Brother Job. Money didn't save and Brother Jobs. If you know who I'm talking about. Brother Job and Brother Jobs. I know you know what I'm talking about. That's the God we serve. Day by day, they listen to him sometimes by the sea. Day by day, they receive the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Day by day, they witness the unfolding of the truth of the way of salvation. Day by day, Jesus did not demand that the disciples do this or that. Jesus simply said, follow me. Follow me. Oh, follow me. Sometimes you hear people say, if I had your hands. Oh, but if you had some of the hands, that some of the hands, that some of the hands. If you follow Jesus, if you take up that cross, oh, you're going to need the Lord to carry you through with that cross. My first point was, in the year of 2012, let us be steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. Second point, in the year of 212, let us be steadfast in fellowship. Let us be steadfast in what? Let us be steadfast in fellowship. Look at the word of God. Look at the word of God. It's in the word of God. The word of God is saying this, not holiday. Fellowship is rooted in the word sharing, communion, charitable, charitable contribution, sister. Don't say nothing. Holy Spirit, give me her name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, Sister Richie. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't stop till it, till it came. Fellowship is rooted in the word sharing, communion, charitable contributions. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 reads, The gate of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all men. Here Paul has drafted a letter, and in this letter Paul identifies many of the problems of the earth or the early church, the Corinthians. Among the many problems, Paul concludes that the Holy Spirit could cause reconcilement among the people. The Holy Spirit can cause reconcilement among the people. They could love and encourage each other instead of fighting. Have mercy, amen. amen. I tell you what, when I read, you say amen if you believe. If you agree, say amen. amen. Let me start over. They could love and encourage each other instead of fighting. Amen. They need God's grace, not selfishness. Amen. They need God's love, not anger. Amen. They need communion, not conflict. I need to say that again. They need, we need, the church need, the world need, everyone needs communion, not conflict. When we focus on people's faults, hope soon wanes and discouragement follows. But when we concentrate on the Lord, even the darkest hours can be filled with praise. You can wave your hand when you don't have no money. You can wave your hand when your children acted crazy. 
You can raise your hand when you don't know where your next meal coming from. You can raise your hand when you don't know how the bill is going to be paid. But all of a sudden, you walk to the mailbox. You didn't know what was happening. And there's a check in there for the exact amount that you need. I'm talking about a God we serve. I'm talking about a God who's a on-time God. Paul says in Philippians, for your fellowship is the gospel in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul may have been referring to financial contributions made to help carry the ministry, but yet there is a sort of intimacy that may be shared among believers when referring to fellowship. The Apostle John writes in 1 John, that which have seen and heard, we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Speaking the word of God, the book of Hebrews states, But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifice will it, will is, it is well pleased. You need to share, according to the book of Hebrews. Share. For this sacrifice, he is well pleased. Share. I know sometimes some people think you're trying to show off when you got to list some, some. But sometimes you just got to understand. If you study the word of God, whenever you get a big house, that's just more abundant life folk to get in it. That's all it is. That's all it is. When you get a bigger car, that's just more for me to say, Kobe, Angel, Brendan, Breslin. I used to could only bring three of y'all. Now I got a third row seat. All y'all get in. Bring some more with you. That's all. That's all it is. That's all it is. It's just a blessing that God has given for you to do his work. That's all it is. It's not about bringing braggadocious or showing off anything. Because what God gave you today, that little stuff can disappear tomorrow. Oh, that little stuff ain't nothing. That won't last at all. But what God gives you, salvation will last forever. That's why some people, it is said that some of the happiest people in the world are the poor people. That's right. Some people don't have to have all this to be happy. I always tell my wife, oh, let me just go on and tell it. I'm going to get on back to the word. I always tell my wife sometimes when things go wrong, and they sometimes do, you know, we were moving, and we didn't have, what was it, uh, water or something we didn't have, electricity. We didn't have electricity. And boy, you should see how those folk get to acting. Oh, they act like the world is coming to an end. Oh, you can't see. The lights are not on. When the lights going to be turned on? Uh, Jelani comes home. Uh, y'all ain't got no lights, man. How y'all living? Prehistoric? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm walking around all happy. I'm fine. I'm all right. Because I'm serving a God. I know the light you're looking at ain't, ain't the kind of light I'm looking at. The light I'm looking up at is the light of Jesus. So this ain't nothing. All I got to do is get a candle, a flashlight, and keep going. That's all I got to do. I ain't worried about no light. I ain't worried about no light. I ain't worried in the daytime, open the blinds. Come on, you got to see the glass half full instead of half empty. People go crazy when you ain't got that water and the gas off. Put the pot on the stove and heat the water up. And pour it in the bathtub. You got to see the glass half full instead of half empty. But that's the God I serve. See, the God I serve makes sure you say, you know, uh, uh, don't worry about all these cares of the world. They're going to be there. This is just the last sermon of the year. This is for everybody. And, and I want you to know, this is just, this just uh, one you just throw in for advertisement. And don't try to please everybody. You will kill yourself trying to please everybody. You will never please everybody. Jesus was our savior, and they hated him, hung him on the cross. What you think they gonna do to you? Amen. Let's get back to the word. The book of Hebrews states, but do not forget to do good and to share for the sacrifice. Point three, point three, in the year of 2012, let us be steadfast in the breaking of bread. To break bread was a common Jewish idiom, uh, meaning to eat. 
Okay, this is what the Word of God says. The breaking of bread includes the Lord's Supper, of course, and ordinary communion meals. Matthew 15, 36 says, And he took the seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks, and then broke them, broke them, and gave them to his disciples and to the multitudes. Am I right? Is that what the Word of God says? Now, Luke 24 reads, Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, and he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. We're talking about breaking bread. Now, in Acts 2, 46 states, so continually daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Lord, he didn't say break bread, skip this house, go over to this house, skip this sister house, can't go to that house, skip this house, go to that house. And we're not being, we're not being uh, 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 oblivious to the fact that everybody does not have a house, in essence, the way you think they should have a house, to break bread. But I'll tell you something. I'm talking about a Lord I serve. I remember when I was a principal in public school, and I remember they said that these kids would never succeed. They can't do anything. These kids come from the projects, and they're not going to make it. I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to their house and break bread. So what I did, I went over to the projects. Have mercy, somebody help me. I went over to the projects in my suit, coming up looking like I'm somebody, but I sat down with those ladies and with those men with their children, and we sat there in those houses, and they smelled a certain way, but that was okay, because the Lord I served said, brother, if it wasn't for grace, you would be sitting in the same house, so you just sit yourself down. So I sat in the house with those little kids, put those kids on my lap, and I held those little kids, and I showed love, and those mothers said, who is this man who's coming in my house? I've never had someone come out to school and sat in my house, and I sat with those children, and they gave me spaghetti and put sugar on them. I didn't like it, but I went on and ate it. Put sugar on the spaghetti. Put sugar, put white sugar on the spaghetti. I didn't like it. I didn't like it, but I had to do what I had to do. Well, they told Paul and Peter, when they feed you, you take what they give you. Didn't they tell them? They told them when they go out, take what they give you. So I had to sit down. But that's the God I'm serving. We said from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God. And we had a meeting after meeting with those kids and going into those homes. And those people, I'll never forget it at A.S. Clark School said, they'll never come. They don't come out to meetings. My wife can testify. We had those children come. Parents were lined up. They were lined up. People were taking pictures. What did you do? What did you say? I say all I did was what the Lord does. I showed love to all mankind. That's all I did. I who they were and where they come from. And I can't go over. That's all I did. But he said from house to house and be glad in simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. Not some people, having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their church daily those who were being saved under the heading of the Last Supper. Let's talk about the Last Supper. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This bread, this breaking of bread, has its primary focus on the Last Supper, and its primary focus is on the cross. This is the type of bread. Breaking bread is good. Breaking bread at Sister Everson's house is great. All oh, the food is good, Sister Everson. Don't mind going, love eating it. But Sister Everson, I know about some bread you can't make, baby. I know about some bread that only the cross can give you. That's the type of bread I'm talking about, break. Yes, it's good to go in your home and eat some of the good food and talk and laugh and have camaraderie. But when I want to break bread, the type of bread that says, holiday, you getting old, you forgetting folk name, Lord, I need thee. You headed somewhere and you need to look upon the Lord. That's the kind of bread I need to break. The bread from the cross. That's the kind of bread I need to break. The good news bread. The bread that, that, that the cross of God is the type of bread I'm talking about. That's why pencils have erasers and computers have keyboards that have delete keys. The cross is God eraser to rub out your sins. And the cross... Is God's delete key. The cross is God's eraser to rub out your sin, and the cross is God's delete key. He died in our place. Yes, he did. He sanctified his own justice, which we could never, ever have done. Now he asks us to accept what he has done. He offers us a new life, and all our sin completely, completely dealt with.
Point four. Point four, and my last point. In the year of 2012, let us be steadfast in prayers. The early church engaged in prayer, both private and corporate. The early church engaged in effective prayer. They petitioned, that is, they prayed. The, perver the perversiveness and the perseverance, they continued in prayer. And the unity, they prayed and won a card. And I say to you, if one or two of you agree on earth concerning anything, did you hear me? It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered, who's going to be there? Who's going to be there? But you got to be gathered in whose name? In whose name? Where two or three are gathered in Jesus' name, there he may be also. The early church understood private prayer. The early church understood that the church should be praying. We must pour out our hearts to him. In order to have a spiritual life and energy, we must have intimacy with our heavenly father. That's why I always talk to my wife. How can you be married and don't ever talk? You just assume everything going good. Sometimes you might want to stop and get up, and we call it pillar talk. Sometimes you don't need to jump up. You need to lay there and say, how you doing? Are you happy? I want to share with you how I'm feeling. I'm still in love with you. Did you know that? Have I shown you lately? Intimacy. God is the same way. We have to talk to our God. We have to show intimacy with our God. Our prayers are not always petitioning what we want, what we need. Jesus, will you do that? Sometimes you just need to say, Jesus, I, I just stopped by to say thank you. You mean you're not asking for nothing? I just stopped by to say thank you. The early church understood that. We must pour out our hearts. In order to commune with God, we must have something to say to him about our actual life. Isaiah 44, 3 says, Tell us that those who are hunger and thirst after righteousness, who long after God, may be sure that they will be filled. Hebrews says, What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall find them, and ye shall have them. Even when you were a child, you prayed. We were taught a prayer before we ate. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Amen. Unfortunately, you got some 18-year-olds that say the prayer. God is great. God is good. Come on, you can, you can step it up. You can step it up. As a child, we were taught to pray before bed. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord. Have mercy. We were later taught the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be who name? Hallowed be who name? Yes, sir. We were taught that prayer. When life deals us a hand, though, the way it can deal you, when you start going through trials and tribulations, sometimes you don't have time to say, Our Father which art in heaven. What you say, Lord, have mercy on me. Did I just tell you something? Lord, please don't leave me or forsake me. Lord, I am your child. Carry me. Lord, grant me your grace. Lord, smile upon this sinner. Lord, save my wayward child. Lord, 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 just call on his name. Lord, and when we even, we may even have to wrestle, wrestle with angels sometimes. Every time you, when you, you, you have to deal with it, you got to wrestle with an angel. And the angel say, yes, say, Lord, Lord, I need prayer. Like Jacob, Jacob said, don't lose me till I'm blessed. And I said, no, no, I need the children are going through. Don't lose me till I'm blessed. And what happened? And then all of a sudden, when you come out of that wrestling, you might be, you might be damaged. Oh, and you might be But you know what? You can lay down. Frustrate. Lord, help me. Lord. I know I'm a wayward child. I know I've sinned. Lord, please forgive me. Lord, you know I said I wouldn't fornicate no more, but I did. Lord, I wouldn't curse no more, but I did. Lord, I said I wouldn't go to these places anymore, but I did. Lord, I find myself like Paul saying, Lord, I find myself doing those things which I don't want to do. But Lord, thank you.
I get on my knees and say, Lord, why you pick me? Why you pick me? But I thank him, Jesus. What a place. Like Jacob just fighting with the angel and the angel telling him, go, leave me. And the angel finally said to him, what is your name? He said, my name is Jacob. He said, oh, but you wrestle with me so much, your name won't be Jacob no more. Your name will be what, church? Israel. Your name shall be Israel. Oh, sometimes you got to wrestle to get a blessing. Sometimes you think it's all over and you keep crying and saying, God, I keep going back to the same old sin. But we have a God that's filled with grace, has grace pouring out everywhere, has mercy just to give. The mercy that he gave to me and you is still plentiful on this land. Have mercy. As I ask the church to stand with me, church, stand with me as we pray and as we say this year, 2012, this year, we're going to keep wrestling with the angel. Even though we might come out with a broken hip, we can lay prostrate on the ground and on the floor and say, God, yet I can't stand. I still need to be blessed. Please bless me. When the children have gone astray and you think that there's nothing else that can be done, lay prostrate on the ground and cry out to the Lord for that child. When you think the child won't leave the drugs alone, won't leave the alcohol alone, lay prostrate and keep praying for that child. When you think the child is coming to church and not eternalizing or internalizing or hearing anything that's being said, you keep bringing him or her to church, and I guarantee you one day there will be words flowing from his or her mouth that you would be amazed was said because God planted the seed right here, right now, today. Church, I'm going to ask that you bow your heads with me. Elder Brown is going to do our appeal. You've heard very clearly that as we look at 2012, we want to continue to dwell in the Apostles' Doctrine, to dwell in fellowship, to break bread, and to pray. We need the Holy Spirit. We need God's divine blessings as we move through this new year to stay steadfast and movable. That's my desire. I don't know about you. It's my desire to be better, to be more faithful, to be a better worker for God this year than I was last year. Is that your desire as well? I want to be more filled up with the Holy Spirit. I want to be so filled up that you know that I'm more filled. I want it to be evident. And God can do that. Let's just pray today. I'm going to pray God's blessings upon you. Father, you have given us a word today that has challenged us. We sense now the presence of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that you still condescend to dwell with us in spite of us. But Lord, I believe everyone standing here today want to be better, want to be more faithful as we look forward to a year ahead. You've heard those who have responded, Lord. And so we're asking, Lord, that you'll rain down a new level of Holy Spirit upon us, Lord. And Lord, that we will allow you to change our lives. We ask that you'll forgive us of the faults of yesterday. Give us a new hope and a new courage for today and for tomorrow. We ask, Lord, for the indwelling, Lord. We surrender ourselves to your Holy Spirit, and we ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will now come and take full control. And, Lord, perhaps there's somebody here today who recognized had it not been for you and for your grace and for your mercies that they would not be standing in this place today and the last day of the year. They know that it's only by your unmerited favor that they're here today. 
And perhaps somebody wants to say, I'd like to make a stand today and this last day. I just want to come down. I want you to welcome you to come down. This is just an appeal for those who would give their lives to Jesus today. The best decision that you can make. Somebody know 